0: What's
1: up, everyone? And welcome back to the Weekly Football Trio Cast. My name is Austin Consol. I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony No. What's
0: going on, guys? Good to be back.
1: And we are, unfortunately, missing our other co-host, Giovanni Falzone. He is away, and he could not make it tonight, but he will be back next week to give his take. So we can trash the Cowboys all we want today, and we won't hear a word. Love you, Gio. Hopefully you'll be back next week. Let's get right into the news. First off, let's start off with maybe big news. I don't know what you guys want to consider it since it's the Jets, but Sam Darnold is clear to play. He'll be back this week against the Cowboys, and uh, that's big news for Jets fans because I don't know how much longer they were going to be able to uh, watch their team play with their third-string quarterback, so I think it's big news. Darnold is supposed to be this superstar potential type of guy that the Jets... We're hoping we'll just take off and, and, you know, take them to the glory land. The Giants were supposed to draft him over Barkley, and there was a huge thing. Like, they should have gone for a quarterback. And I think that really made Darnold seem better than maybe what he actually is. But he still has time to prove himself. He hasn't had a great team, and, you know, I think this will be big. He does have a tough play against the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are on a two-game losing streak. So maybe the Jets can be a little sneaky, but... Uh, What do you think about Darnold coming back for the Jets?
0: So the Jets have gone 34 straight offensive possessions without producing a touchdown. Luke Falk, Trevor Simeon have just not, it didn't work. It wasn't going. Le'Veon Bell's struggling because they're stacking the box, making this third string quarterback beat them through the air with the defenses. So you're looking, you get Darnold back. Darnold could throw the ball, whether it was at USC, even now in New York, he could throw the ball. Simple, plain and simple. Granted, he does make mistakes, but that's fine. You want a gun, a gunslinger type quarterback. That's exactly what Darnold is. So him coming back could be big for the New York. They need to start. They need to get going. This was the team that was supposed to compete against New England for the AFC East title, which realistically before the season, it was a one-team race in the AFC East, regardless with the New England Patriots, and that's that's just proven to hold form since then. So, but Darnold coming back could be big. You got the quote-unquote quarterback whisperer, and Adam Gase in New York. Hopefully he gets a healthy Sam Darnold back, and the offense can look at they actually produce some points.
1: Yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, and you know, hopefully for the Jets it could be better because it, it can't really be much worse than uh, what they've been experiencing in the last few weeks. So hopefully he'll come back and be healthy and doesn't have to worry about his injury, and uh, hopefully he'll be okay. Uh, so let's move on. I want to talk about this Nick Bosa flag celebration that he did against Baker Mayfield last night on Monday Night Football. People are loving it. And I'm just going to go on the record and say, I don't think it means anything to Baker. That was a college football game. Oklahoma versus Ohio State. This is the Cleveland Browns versus the San Francisco 49ers. It just makes no sense to me. It's it was a college football game. It would make total sense if they had a rematch, and then Nick Bosa did it. It would be perfect. Then it would be a huge deal, more than it already is. But on the professional level, two teams that you guys are not experiencing, I I don't get it. Um, what do you think, Anthony? What do you what do you think about this this whole thing? Do you like it? Man,
0: I I love it. I love it because you look back. Bosa only got that one opportunity to play against Mayfield in college. This was his revenge game. This was his opportunity to, you know, get back at the disrespect that Mayfield brought on to Ohio State and uh, the horseshoe. Mayfield waited till after the game was over. And then all the players were in the locker room and decided to throw the flag on the, the O. So, you know, Bosa had a great game. It was his first multi-sack game in the NFL. Brings his season his season, uh, season sack count to three. As a rookie, he looked dominant. Didn't work much moves as far as pass rush went, but still got around the offensive line, very struggling offensive line pass-wise in Cleveland. Got to Mayfield. Should have had three sacks, honestly. Got one intentional grounding near the end of the first half. Baker's knee was down. He threw that away. Should have been another sack for Bosa. Three sacks. Would have been great. Would have been big. And you know, and I think it should. I think it should matter more to Baker now than it did in college. They're in professional level. The Browns had all this hype about Super Contender, 13 and 3, 12 and 4 type area. Now they're already, I want to say, 2 and 3. They're struggling. Mayfield's struggling. Mayfield had two or three interceptions yesterday. Fumbled the ball twice. Gave it up once. Uh, Mayfield has not looked good this year. And you know, Bosa the rookie. Taking them down twice, which should have been three times, and then you know, throwing a little jab in there with the uh, the flag plant. I love it. I love it. You gotta love competition. That's exactly what this is in the NFL.
1: I mean, I love competition, but it it just it was a it was a college football thing. That you know, I, I just it would make complete sense if it was Oklahoma versus Ohio State and they did it again. But I don't know. I just think it was silly. But <clears throat> let's move on. So there are two undefeated teams remaining in the NFL. The New England Patriots, no surprise. The five teams they've played so far, only one of them's really been a challenge. Um, and the 49ers coming off that win yesterday. I know we just talked about Nick Bosa, but uh, I want to talk about the, the team as a whole. We you know we know the Patriots are, are what they are, but are the 49ers legit? I think they are. I've been saying this for a few weeks now. I think their defense is underrated. And they showed up last night and showed you what they could be. Um, And I think their offense, I wouldn't call them underrated, but they're like sneaky good. The run game is pretty good. Grappolo's not really being asked to do a lot, which is a concern. You know, they're like, what if Grappolo has to do a bunch? Will he be able to perform? Uh, We'll see as time goes on. They have a huge matchup coming up to really, you know, determine if they're going to keep up their Undefeated season and show people that hey, we are legit, even if you guys don't think we're legit so far. Um, but what do you think? Do you think the 49ers are a legit, undefeated team and people should be on the watch?
0: If you're an offensive lineman or an offensive line coach and you want to know how to do the zone running blocking scheme, the what the 49ers did yesterday is textbook. They got to second level, they chopped down they pulled up everything that you're supposed to do as an offensive lineman is what they did they ran for i want to say almost 200 rushing yards against cleveland who's supposed to have this good defense jimmy garoppolo does exactly what you're supposed to do and not turn the ball over you have playmakers in the backfield with tevin coleman uh matthew Barita, uh and i think they're they're missing isn't Jarek mckinnon still on ir that's you have three playmakers in the backfield that are explosive enough that anytime they touch the ball, they could be gone. Matthew Burrito. I forgot about most. I did forget. You see, they have playmakers in that backfield like crazy. Their offensive line is solid. And to win games in the NFL, gotta run the ball. The Colts showed that against Kansas City this week, and that's the blueprint to beating some of these high powered teams in the NFL. Take the ball out of the quarterback's hands keep the explosive offense off the field and run the ball, pound the rock down there. That's exactly what San Francisco has been doing this year. Carrapo's not turning the ball over. The San Francisco 49ers defensive line could easily be top two or three in the NFL. DeForest Buckner. You got um, Eric Armbrister. I think, I think that's, yeah, I think that's, oh, Eric Armstead. I'm sorry. Uh, you that, got
1: that guy we just talked about in the previous yeah, segment.
0: Nick Bosa they have a really solid offensive line. It's all they just they're, they're Richard Sherman in the back in the secondary. That team just has all the potential in the world. The only thing I have to say is if you have to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat you in the fourth quarter, then he needs a game winning drive. That's, that's where we would see if they're legit. If Jimmy Garoppolo could march down the field, get a drive going that he needs the score needs to keep it going. Can he keep pace with any of these high powered offenses? That's yet to be seen because it hasn't really been tested yet, but I think they're legit in the NFC West. The NFC West is going to be a very fun division to watch with the Rams, uh, the Seahawks, and the 49ers.
1: I agree. We'll see what happens. Um, So, yeah, let's move on, and we're going to talk about week five. You know, talk about what happened, talk about, uh, you know, what went down during the week, and let's start off with Rams versus Seahawks. Seahawks won 30-29 what a game that was a game to watch i thought the rams had it all day but the seahawks just find a way to win just like i've been saying the seahawks are not a flashy team superstar crazy but they win man they look good their defense is solid but it's all about that man russell wilson right now and the rams they still look good girlie's looking better and I say watch out for the Rams because if Gurley gets going, that's when that team was on that undefeated streak and we thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. If Gurley can get back to that form, the Rams will be fine. But until that happens, the Rams, you know, they might struggle to win their own division. What What are your thoughts?
0: You have, in my opinion right now, Mahomes is great. Mahomes looks awesome. He struggled these past two weeks, granted. Russell Wilson right now is the MVP of the league. This guy is just making plays, you know, as a fantasy football owner that play where you uh, scrambled out and hit Tyler Lockett for that, like unbelievable touchdown that I, that was like, Oh, he's just throwing it away. But still Tom found Tyler Lockett in the corner of the end zone, toe tap, toe drag, touchdown. Like the guy just, he makes things happen. And that's exactly what to do in this league to compete with these high powered teams. Everybody thought the Rams were going to, you know, steamroll their way back to the playoffs, back to the NFC Championship, and there'd be no hiccups. But yet we've seen a couple weeks in a row where they're struggling. they got completely just – Tampa Bay ran the score up on them. The Seahawks found a way to win. And just – Jared Goff is just having problems protecting the ball. Seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's just – Throwing the ball over way too frequently with the teams they're playing, you're giving them opportunities. It's just, it's, it's, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna happen. You got, I want to say they're on, a, they might be on a, like a, a three, three or four game, three game losing streak if I'm not wrong. I think I might be though. Well,
1: they're three and two, so I don't know how they lost three games in a row. Yeah, but, okay, you
0: know. so I'm mistaken. I think they, yeah, they're, they're just
1: two game losing streak.
0: Yeah, so they're two in a row. They lost to Tampa Bay. They lost to Seattle. They're struggling right now. But like you said, the biggest thing is Gurley's getting back. Gurley's getting his legs back under him. Mm -hmm. He's working and he's moving. And that that could be big heading forward. The reason they got to the Super Bowl last year was behind the running game, that big offensive line. They they can't lose where they came from. And I know Sean McVay is a great coach, so he'll realize, you know, we got to get back to our bread and butter, set up the run with Gurley, hit him out of the backfield. Hit play action, Cooper Cup, Garrett Avery, Gerald Avery. You got Robert Woods, uh, Cooks. They just there's so many weapons all over the field that they just have to start working with play action pass. Get these people to get the eight out of the box or stack the box so you have one on one coverage on the outside. They got to get back to got to get back to what made them great last year.
1: I agree. We'll see if they can do it. Um, so for the next game. Another NFC West, uh, the Cardinals, the rookie, Mr. Murray gets his first W, 26 to 23 against the Bengals. Now, as he did get his first victory, it was against the Bengals, which it amazes me that they look as bad as like the Redskins and the Dolphins. And there's really like a three team race to who's going to be the worst at this point. If I were AJ Green, I'd say far away from the field. I'd be like, you know what, guys? You guys are probably already out of the playoffs. I think I'm not going to come back and try to re-aggravate my injury. I think he should just stay away. But good win for the Cardinals. You know, they are they can get the flow going now. Probably they can be like, okay, we got a win under our belt. What worked? What didn't work? Let's try to get Kyler Murray going even more. But before before I pass it off to you, I just want to say when your leading rusher is Kyler Murray on your team and you have David Johnson as your running back, you need to figure out how to use that man in the run game more. Your leading rusher should not be Kyler Murray. It should be David Johnson week in and week out. And I know he's a great runner. But use David Johnson more. It will only benefit Kyler Murray if there's a run game. I I hope they do something with that. Otherwise. It's still gonna be a rough season. You guys have talent. Put it together. Figure it out. You might not be good this year, but you have a chance to be good next year and down the line because this guy's are gonna be great. So what do you what do you think about the Cardinals? Do you think do you think they should use David Johnson more? Do you think they should be doing something different? What what do you think?
0: Well, the reports coming out today, they might they might be without David Johnson for a little bit. And that game on Sunday against Cincinnati, his back tightened up. So they've been evaluating him throughout the week so far, seeing if he's going to play uh, in the next game. But Kyler Murray's a game changer. Regardless of what David Johnson's in or not, he's going to find those running seams, he's going to find those passing lanes, and he's going to hit them. The guy, he he's a ball player. He's going to make plays with his feet or with his arm, whatever you give him, he's going to take. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, when you're leading rusher as your quarterback, look at Michael Vick and Atlanta Falcons all those years. How successful they were. Didn't necessarily turn into championships, but they were successful, and they were always they were always a component come playoff time or NFC championship time. So necessarily, what the Cardinals are really missing, a solid O-line and more defense. Patrick Peterson came back from suspension. He's back now. Maybe look for that defense to be a little more solid. Uh, let's not forget that... Uh, they were very, they are very, they were dropped interception away from being from winning week one. I forgot what DB it was. Got the ball hit right in his chest with like a minute left in the fourth quarter, and had a opportunity to boom in the game right there. But you know, crazy bounces in the NFL. It's not necessarily a bad thing that Kyler Murray is leading the team in rushing, but it is a bad thing if the only reason he is because that you can't get running, you can't get running gaps opened on the offensive line. as far as Cincinnati goes, it's the Red Rifle's unloaded, bro. Uh, Andy Dalton's done. He he should not be the quarterback next year. Whether you take someone in the draft and throw him right into the fire, as awful as that sounds, Andy Dalton's just not cutting it. He doesn't have the zip like he used to. I mean, no, A.J. Green, of course, obviously hurts. And Tyler Eifert is a glass man, so you never know when he's going to go down or when he's going to get hit with the injury bug. But Tyler Boyd showed himself to be a perennial superstar in this league. Joe Mixon is a very capable runner and a decent uh, receiver out of the backfield. Giovanni Bernard, uh, John Ross, even when he's healthy and 100%, there's no excuse why this team isn't dropping boatloads of points. If everyone's healthy and everyone's clicking, this team could could be up there with the Saint, with the, with the Rams from last year as far as putting up points goes. They're in a tough division. With, uh, well, Pittsburgh not so much this year, but Baltimore and Cleveland, the expectations for both of those teams are really stout defenses and uh, quick-scoring offenses, so I think Cincinnati's in trouble. I think they're the the best of the uh, the winless teams so far, but come Sunday, it's entirely possible the Dolphins or the Redskins have a win before, before the Bengals do.
1: Well, yeah, because they play each other, so one of those two teams has to get a win, but uh, we'll save that. We'll save that for later. Um so next game, Bills versus Tennessee. The Bills won fourteen seven. The another team that just finds a way to win is the Bills. Their games are not very pretty, but it's all about the W. If you can get the win, it doesn't matter. At the end of the season they could be, you know, ten and six, but we're not gonna be like, Oh, they're ten and six, but did you see how many games they won where they didn't look all that impressive? It doesn't matter. So they're a very good defensive team, though, very good, and it shows because they do not allow a lot of points. But on the other end, they don't score a lot of points, so they got to figure out a solid balance of we can't rely on our defense to win every single game. As much as that's great, you 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 gotta you gotta find a way to score a little bit more. And I know they've been probably dealing with some injuries over there, but. You know, they gotta they gotta figure out something on that offense, otherwise they might run into some tough games where they need some points and they just can't score. Um, what what do you think about the Bills? Do you think they're uh, underrated four and one, or do you think it's just maybe the teams they played? what What's your What's your thoughts?
0: I think the Bills are just a solid team. Like you said, they find a way to win. Josh Allen doesn't really he's trying to have been a besides last week against New England. He hasn't turned the ball over much. Uh, he's got the the cannon arm. He can run the ball. He's shown last year and this year. But with this game, essentially, the Titans have been struggling on the offensive line. And that's always been... We talked about it before, and I talked about it uh, just with other conversations about football. I thought the Titans were a top-five offensive line in the league before this year. Now you have... Uh, Derek Henry only averaged 3.9 yards a carry last game against, against Buffalo. Uh, Marcus Mariota was sacked three times, or five times, my sorry, my bad, five times. Uh, three of them by the former Dolphin, Jordan Phillips, who, might I add, had some uh, awesome cleats. He had a cleat with uh, a drawn-on, somebody getting thrown through or jumping through a uh, a table, which, if you guys aren't familiar with, is... <laughs> kind of what the Buffalo Bill fans make themselves famous for is going through these tables. And I think that that was awesome. I loved it. I like Jordan Pills when He was here in Miami upset to see him go glad to see he's having success somewhere else. Just not happy necessarily that it's with uh, another AFC uh, competitor, but Buffalo looks legit on defense. They have a really good secondary. Their linebackers are flow. They're young for the most part. Tremaine Edmonds, when he finally gets in full understanding of the game, only twenty twenty one years old when he finally gets going with that team. That they could be very lethal on defense and their offense. They're just enough to win the game, and that's all that matters.
1: Yep, I mean we'll see. We'll see if they can keep it up. They have a uh, pretty two easy opponents in their division. Now they know how the Patriots feel when they uh, <laughs> play the easy guys every every year, twice a year. But let's move on. We're going to London, the rightest. 24 the Bears 21 let's go Raiders 3 and 2 and I don't know if you guys know this or not but the Raiders are actually in the playoffs at the moment they're in the wild card the Raiders we thought they were going to just fall apart after all the crap that went down at the beginning of the year and they're in the playoffs we thought the Bears could be a Super Bowl contender and they lost to the Raiders now it was in London you know those, those games are tough no matter what team you are but the bears were shut out in the first half 17 to 0 then they took the lead 21-0 in the third quarter or sorry 21-17 they 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 shut out the raiders in the third quarter but then the raiders had the end of the game were like we'll take the lead here we'll take the w and Josh Jacobs looked pretty good 123 yards two touchdowns against the bears pretty good run defense so I'm just impressed the Raiders are in the playoffs at the moment that's I know it's early it's only five games in but if you would have told me in five weeks the Raiders would be in in the spot to make the playoffs I'd be like you're kidding but there they are but here's my question for you Anthony do you think that this hurt the Bears to lose to the Raiders or do you think the Bears will be fine
0: I think the Bears need Mitchell Trubisky to come back from injury. Chase Daniels just couldn't couldn't move the ball. Two interceptions, the, the two touchdowns. I think they had forty-seven or fifty-seven total yards rushing. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't they couldn't get pressure on David Carr. The whole narrative came in under the big storyline was Khalil Mack's first game against the Raiders since being traded for the two first-round picks last year, and. At the end of the season last year, I think it was Khalil Mack had one less sack than the entire Raiders' defense did last year, but he produced no sacks Sunday. I uh, The Raiders got four on Chase Daniels, ended up winning the game. So it was John Gruden doesn't necessarily – you don't trade away all pros like that and get called a genius, and I'm not calling him a genius by any means, but he's making it work right now. Like you said, with the circus – Finally leaving town with the Antonio Brown situation. Uh, John Gruden was able to right the ship. He has the team that he wants, Trade away all those players and all that stuff for first round picks. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I wasn't a huge fan of him going in the first round. Don't think running back should be first round picks, in my opinion, but Josh Jacobs looked apart. 4.7 yards of carry on a very stout Chicago defense, 123 yards. You know, he, he looks apart. He looks like a football player, runs like a football player. You got the attitude yeah, not necessarily that beast mode mentality, but, you know, maybe he could eventually get that there. But the Raiders have looked impressive so far this season and at 3-2. and two, I know they're only week five, but they can make some noise come playoff time to keep it up.
1: Yeah, they're uh, doing pretty well. I'm impressed. What can I say? Uh, so next game. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Saints beat the Bucks 31-24. Just when we thought the Bucs were going to do something, after that huge win against the Rams, they pulled the Buccaneers. Saints finding a way to win without Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater threw for four touchdowns. That man just broke a career high. And Michael Thomas had 11 catches for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Michael Thomas' breakout game. This is what he's supposed to do. Can't guard Mike is his Twitter handle. But... The Bucs just, they are the most inconsistent team in the league. One week, they look like they're the best team in the NFC. The next week, they just look like a middle-of-the-road team. You lost to the Giants. Then you go out and whoop the Rams, and then you lose. I mean, the Saints are good, but it didn't look competitive. The score is very misleading. I know they only lost by a touchdown, but if you watch the game, it was a a little bit worse than what the score says for the Buccaneers. So... What do you think about the Saints, though? Do you think they'll ride Teddy Bridgewater out a little bit longer, let Drew Brees heal up a little bit more, and potentially bring him back a little bit later? What are your thoughts on that?
0: If Teddy Tuglos could keep it up the way he played Sunday and just getting double use, it's all that matters, I am precaut- I am being extra cautious with Drew Brees. I'm holding him out as long as he can. Coming up on 40 years old, you protect him as long as possible. He comes back in the playoffs. The stats are important. Granted, Hall of Fame, whatever, he's already going. He's already going to Canton, first ballot. Send him there already. Keep the, Get this man healthy. Because as much as Teddy Bridgewater's been playing well, and as much as I love him, and I wish he came to Miami this offseason, Drew Brees is going to be the reason that these Saints make a run in the playoffs. Now, another big reason will be the pass rush. Got six sacks on uh, on uh, on Jameis Winston this week, and that's big. Marcus Davenport, who, if you guys don't remember, the Saints traded away a first round pick <clears throat> in last year's draft to last year's draft to move up and get him. He came out and got two sacks against uh, pretty decent Tampa Bay offensive line. They didn't run the ball well, and. When you play New Orleans, you know that you're going to get you're going to see the Wildcat with Tyson Hill. the Swiss Army knife. You have Alvin Kamara, catching the ball out of the backfield, could run the ball very very well. The Saints are just you, you 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 there's no way you can you can't game plan easily against the Saints. You don't know what you're going to see. Tyson Hill in the backfield running the ball, catching the ball, throwing the ball, going out for passes. You have no idea what that man's going to do. Teddy Bridgewater showed that he could be a little bit more than game manager when need be, and like you said, this game was a lot close. Was not as close as the score may lead on, but I think the Saints, you know, what are they four and one right now? They look good in the NFC South. That might have been the only competition, so to speak, in that in that division right now, and they handled that well. So we'll see going forward how the Saints can continue their season.
1: All right, let's move on to the Giants versus the Vikings. The Vikings won 28 to 10. They made the Giants look silly. That defensive line was just ripping through the Giants' offensive line over and over and over and over again, and Daniel Jones just couldn't get anything going. He looked like former Eli when Eli just couldn't have any time to throw the ball. It was it was really bad, and the you know, I thought the Giants were going to upset the Vikings because I thought we were going to keep, keep the team on a roll, but Vikings said, slow your roll, we're still a pretty good team, we just had a rough week, you know, we had a little bit of fighting in our locker room, but Adam Thielen said, I'm going to catch seven balls for 130 yards and two touchdowns, Dalvin Cook said, I'm going to continue to lead the league in rushing, and the offense bounced back, Now I know the Giants' defense isn't anything spectacular, but... Good game for the Vikings. You know, J- Giants brought me back down to earth. You know, I thought we were going 14 and 2, but you know, I'll take I'll take 13 and 3. But uh what what do you think about the Vikings? Do you think they uh got a very good win against the Giants or do you think that you know, they still need to continue to show up and show out?
0: They did exactly what I expect them to do. As much as I love the Giants, not my favorite team. But one of my, one of those up there that I cheer for if they're not going against the Dolphins, but they're not a strong team yet. Daniel Jones got tossed into the fire. He's a young rookie quarterback that not many people think should have been drafted as high as he was, but they're growing. They have a decently, that was kind of young offensive line, but they they definitely got shown out, shown up on Sunday. Uh, Daniil Hunter had two sacks, Everson Griffin had one, and then uh, another player had one, and Dalvin Cook, the, the biggest issue that the Vikings have had for years has been that offensive line, and now it's starting to come together, Dalvin Cook's hitting the holes, getting these just massive, massive running lanes to go through, and let me correct you, that's why he is second in the league in rushing, but he's doing his thing, coming back off that ACL injury, doing exactly what Everybody expected him to do when he was drafted out of Florida State a couple of years ago. So, you know, Thielen, not necessarily the right way, but you know, he caught out his quarterback, and uh, Kirk Cousins produced. That you could see there was a play down in the red zone where Kirk Cousins and Thielen just shared a look, real quick, quick corner, uh, quick end zone fade to the back of the end zone, and. Dillon was right there, caught an easy pass and catch for a touchdown, and that's kind of exactly what we expected them to do. You have Diggs still getting in the mix when, you know, he's not in his feelings or whatever. Dillon's one of the top receivers in this league. Dalvin Cook's running the ball really well. Uh, You know, the the, the Vikings are definitely someone to fear going forward. I don't think they're going to be – that's not a team to overlook. It's not a team to look down on by any means possible, and neither are the Giants in my opinion uh Saquon the the man beast is on, on track to be back not next not Thursday when the Giants travel in the or when the Giants play New England but the following week he should be back which is much sooner than everybody expected so once they get back to full strength you know Golden Tate's back from his suspension the team could definitely start rolling and clicking in practice and in games with Daniel Jones now leading them instead of Eli
1: well, you talk about full strength, but you know Shepard's already ruled out, and Evan Ingram might be ruled out. So, you know who knows when the Giants will be at full strength. It might not even happen this year. But that you know that's fine. We're a young team. We got time to build. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens with them uh, this Thursday. Uh, so next game is the Eagles versus the Jets. The Eagles won thirty-one to six. Jets look like the Jets without. You know, without their quarterback, they're just struggling. They only scored six points. Um, but the Eagles' defense is the real story of the day. Ten sacks, two touchdowns. One was a strip sack and one was a pick six. Their defense showed up. You know, it allowed Carson Wentz to kind of chill and he didn't have to do much. He didn't have to go crazy. Um, I, I I just don't know what to really think if if this is how good the Eagles' defense should be. Or if it's just they played a third string quarterback and they just you know took advantage of it is what I'm leaning towards. Um, But the Eagles are three and two; they're looking better. But I I still don't know if the Eagles are a legitimate contender at this point, or if you know maybe they're just getting getting some good wins. Their their win against the Packers was very good, but I need them to keep it up to really make me believe the Eagles are going to contend. But um, what do you think about that Eagles defense? Do you think that it was just they just happened to play the Jets and took advantage of it, or do you think this is what the Eagles defense could do?
0: Um, I, I, I can't call anybody contender legit based on when they play the Jets. They did exactly what they're supposed to do, short and sweet, definitely not going to linger on this game. You have a third-string quarterback who was, it was, he was on the practice squad last year for the Dolphins, and his backup, was the backup for the Dolphins last year who was on the practice squad at some point. Uh, They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to beat this team. They were supposed to demolish this team. That's exactly what they did. I hate to sound like this, but I'm not giving any credit to the Eagles. They're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they did exactly what they were supposed to do against Luke Falk and David Fales.
1: Okay, that was a much shorter take than I thought you were going to have because you had some longer takes earlier. But, you know, I guess there's really yeah, not I much said, to say I, about the Jets, right?
0: <laughs> got to keep it short and sweet. I had to. I said I got to keep it short and sweet, and that's the Eagles did exactly what they were supposed to do and beating up on the Jets.
1: All right. Well, next game up is the Ravens versus the Steelers. Ravens won 26-23. And, honestly, the biggest thing about that game wasn't even the football score or game it was really about the hit on mason rudolph um if any of you saw it, it mason rudolph just went down instantly and was not moving i was worried i was like um what just happened to that guy i was i i was scared because i was like he just went down and wasn't moving and i just want to say one thing props to juju juju is all about his team i don't if any of you watched it Juju instantly ran over there, he fell to the ground and he, I told I was with my friend and I told him I was like, if you could zoom in on Juju right now, he is probably crying. And later on they showed a replay and zoomed in on Juju and he was crying. You could just tell how much Juju loves his teammates and I just feel bad for the Steelers. you know, first they lose Shazier a few years ago and he, he's recovering. Now they lose Big Ben, now they lose their backup. They're on their third string, you know, Steelers, you lost Le'Veon Bell, you lost Antonio Brown, your team is struggling, but it will get better, don't worry, you guys are a wonderful team for many, many years, and you guys know how to build a team, and, you know, just because you're going to have one bad season doesn't mean that you guys are going to be bad for long, and then the Ravens, a nice little W, they had to sneak it out in overtime with a Tucker kick that looked like it was going left. And then it went whoop right into the upright. So good win for the Ravens after losing to the Browns. But I just hope Mason Rudolph is okay. And, um, you know, what what do you think? Do you think it was uh, a good win for the Ravens or do you think they probably should have beat them by more than a lucky field goal at the end of overtime?
0: Uh come the end of the game all that you want is that you end, obviously you end up with more points than your opponent but I think the Ravens should have went in there and I was expecting kind of like a, a Miami Dolphins-esque performance by the Steelers and they that's the complete opposite you have a dog J- Juju Smith-Schuster is easily top five top five favorite player for me in the NFL the guy is all about football if not football he's all about Fortnite and his teammates The guy is just a baller. He was looking out for his teammates, always looking out. He plays the game to have fun. I don't necessarily think he worries about all the money aspects or the ads or all that stuff. The man just loves to play. Now, I'm not saying that the hit on Mason Rudolph by any means was a dirty play, an intentionally dirty play by Earl Thomas, and he clarified that. Earl Thomas has never been known to be a dirty player, never really. I don't remember seeing many you know, dirty aspects from him back in his time with Seattle. However, it was just – it was a scary sight. Immediately, if you go back and watch and they show the zoom in, the second Earl Thomas made contact with Mason Rudolph, eyes were closed out like a light, hands and arms went limp. It was a scary sight to see, and you kind of hate to see it, especially now all the research being done with CTE and these brain injuries it was to the point where they had to remove his face mask. I don't think he was playing back in the 50s with the old-school helmet. You know, he's been released from the hospital since. He's obviously in concussion protocol. I don't think we'll see him this week for Pittsburgh when they play, if they play. But, you know, Baltimore should have came in three interceptions by uh, Lamar Jackson. That doesn't look good, especially I talked about him being a perennial MVP MVP uh, candidate and how him and Mahomes were going to run the AFC for years to come and then two weeks in a row they kind of you know he's let me down he didn't look good against Cleveland and then three interceptions against uh, against Pittsburgh it's just it looking like they're going backwards now he need they need to get back to uh, running the ball consistently and then Lamar Jackson continuing his growth as a passer to keep this going
1: yeah well I mean I agree they don't they don't look all that um, impressive like they did the first few weeks. But, you know, we'll see. It's still early. They're 3-2. and two. Uh, they, They're they in front of the division at the moment. So, we'll see uh, We'll see if they can keep it up. Uh, so, next game, Patriots versus Redskins, 33-7. This is another one. Another one's got to be short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. Patriots won against a winless team. Big whoop-de-doo. You know, they... They do what they're they you know they do what the Patriots do. They play good defense, only allowed seven points on basically one play. They pretty much destroyed them the rest of the game. Um, but I forgot to mention this in the top of the show. I don't even know why I didn't bring it up. But Redskins fired Jay Gruden. I didn't even know why I didn't think about that. But it is about um, time. Yeah, it's big big news there. Um, and you know we'll see what the Redskins do if they want to play Haskins, if they want to try to you know bring him in see if the new coach helps out, but I really don't think it's Jay Gruden's fault. I know it's been a long time, but the Redskins have had more injuries than any other team in football in the past few seasons, and he's working with what he has. It is tough. The the next guy is probably going to struggle just as much because it's just the talent on the team is just not there. They just have too many injuries, and you know we'll, we'll see what happens, but do you, have, do you have anything to say about, uh, you know, the Patriots and Patriots Redskins?
0: Patriots, I think, had the best defense in football right now. And, you know, they went out against the Redskins, which, is, uh, they're, I think they're in the tank for two thing right now, too, with Miami. But the Patriots went out there, dominated where they were supposed to, kept Brady healthy, which is what they need, and dominated. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Trent Williams sitting out for Washington isn't going to help them by any means. And he said in a report he doesn't plan on ending his holdout anytime soon. So I don't think – I think that the uh, the Redskins need to get an idea that they're not going to see – they're not going to see Trent Williams suit up for them this season. And they probably will never see Trent Williams play in a Redskins uniform again unless they back up the Brinks truck, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know – We'll we'll see what happens with that. I, I agree with you. I don't think he wants to play for them anymore. But maybe maybe now that Gruden's gone, maybe they might look a little bit different. Maybe they might have some fun. Um, the next game, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Carolina McCaffrey. I'm, I'm sorry, the Carolina Panthers. Um I make that joke because McCaffrey is the whole offense. He catches the ball. he runs the ball, he throws the ball. he plays defense. He's the kick returner, the punt returner. He kicks the ball. he head coaches. He probably um, you know manages all the equipment too the guy's the only player on the Carolina Panthers. I don't I don't know how they can justify using him so much. And you could see it at the end of the game. He had some cramps. He looked tired. He was struggling. You you, you got to take care of him a little bit better. I know the guy is great, and he's the best running back in the league at the moment. But he's he's going to break down if you guys keep using I say you guys. I'm talking to the Panthers directly. hope Hopefully you guys can hear me. Um, he's going to break down if you guys keep using him that way. Give him some breaks. Don't use him so much. I know he's great. But on the other side, the Jaguars, they didn't look bad. Gardner Minshew is still looking like a like a great player. Um, but, you know, you, you couldn't stop McCaffrey. That's why the Panthers won. Uh, I know you're happy because uh, you have him on your fantasy team. But uh, what what do you think? Do you think the Panthers should try to use him less? Because are you worried about... His wear and tear.
0: Football players want to play football, and I guarantee if you ask Christian McCaffrey, "Do you want to dial back your usage in the offense?" He's going to completely flip the script and say he wants to be used more. You got to get him involved as much as you can. The kid loves football. You go back to when he was uh when his dad played for the uh, for the Broncos, and he was in that little mini me the Pee Wee game, and you know took the took the marker out of his sock, signed the ball and threw it into the stands. He's just, he's always been a playmaker. He's always been fun to watch. Uh, he's a ball player. And the biggest thing I want to say, not even CMC is great and everything. Well, Kyle Allen is protecting the football five touchdowns, no interceptions, and he's getting wins. And that's all that matters in this league. Uh, Cam Newton's out again this week. He won't play again, giving Kyle another opportunity to, you know, maybe show Carolina. Like, yeah, I can be the guy. I'm not gonna put up MVP numbers like Cam did a few seasons ago, but I can be the guy that gets us exactly where we need to go. I won't turn the ball over. I hit my open receivers. Dump the ball to CMC. Hand it to him. Let him do his thing, and I get us W's. Now on the flip side, Jacksonville. I I think we got a little bit of con- quarterback controversy going on once uh Foles recovers from his uh, broken collarbone. Because Gardner Minshew, nine touchdowns, one interception. Uh, He's 15th in the league in quarterback rating right now currently. Uh, The guy protects the ball. He can run with it to get the first down. He makes the big boy throws. The kid looks legit. At Washington State, he did last year under Mike Leach. And he just – he looks like he could be the guy. But now Jacksonville just shelled out those big-time money, the big-time money for Nick Foles. But then it looks like they hit on this sixth or seventh round draft pick out of nowhere with the Uncle Rico mustache. So I think he's fun to watch. He puts people in the state, he brings people to the games. Uh you know, they got Mintry Mania going over there in Duval County right now with the mustaches and the jorts and everything. But uh they gotta find ways to win. It's all it's great. It looks good, it's fun, it's something to talk about on ESPN and on this podcast. But if they're not winning, it means absolutely nothing coming into the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they have some... That that game was the battle of the backup QBs that are potentially trying to take the starters' jobs is what I would call that game. Uh, But I agree. I think uh, they're going to have to make some decisions, both teams coming up about their quarterbacks whenever they're both healthy. Um, But next game on the list was the... High-scoring game of the week, Texans versus Falcons. Texans scored 53 points. They brought it. Their offense is back, and that's what we thought the Texans could be doing. I know it's against the Falcons' defense, which isn't the strongest this year, but uh, Will Fuller, 14 catches, 217 yards, and three touchdowns. He... If I'm not mistaken, in the one game, had more catches, more yards, and more touchdowns than he did the whole season up until that point. In one game, just outdid his whole season pretty much. And Watson threw for five touchdowns. You know, I I, I think Hopkins should be the star of the, the team, but, you know, you, you get what you get. If Will Fuller's going to catch 14 catches and just take off and score, you know, they'll take it. But uh, the Falcons, man, they just – look rough they scored 32 points which is great but you gave up 53 points you know I don't know what to say really much about the Falcons other than they were my sleeper pick as I've probably stated every week and they are just gonna continue to sleep because they just don't want to I guess show up and you know be the team that we think they can be you know but do my question for you is do you just happen to play a bad Falcons team, or do you think this is what the Texans should be doing and we should be focusing more on the Texans as top team in the ASC?
0: I think we would be talking more about um, the Texans, what the Texans did right as opposed to what the Falcons did wrong. Uh, this is everything what we expected them to do. They uh, they traded the first-round pick, went all in, got Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills. So they were ready to make a run, and that's exactly what they're doing now. Uh, the offensive line just needed time to start to gel together. Uh, they're, giving, they're giving Deshaun Watson time to throw the ball, five touchdowns. When DeAndre Hopkins is getting double, even sometimes uh, triple teamed, you're going to have people wide open. And that's that's exactly what Will Fuller, he was doing last year up until he tore his ACL. And he's doing it now. So hopefully this is this is more of a coming out game and a more a, a thoroughly consistent. Obviously you can't do 200 receiving yards and three touchdowns every game, or, you know, he'd rewrite the, the record books. But if he'd come out there and produce and eventually start to show teams that, hey, you can't you can't double-team hop every play, got to give me some some love, too. And then now you have single coverage on DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, who are both playmakers, giving Deshaun Watson even more opportunity to throw it up to these guys and give up and make play. And then don't forget Duke Jackson, Duke Johnson out of the backfield, the former Miami Hurricane, definitely very valuable in the passing game. The run game, too, explosive. So I think it's more about what the Texans are doing right as opposed to what the Falcons are doing wrong. I said it earlier in the year, it wasn't so on the Falcons. I think they're done. They're not going to win the NFC South. I don't think they're going to win the wild card. And then I think for them, it'll be time to clear house. I think it's time for Matt Ryan to move on. I think it's time for uh, – is it Dan Quinn's the head coach? Yes. I think it might be time for Dan Quinn to move to to you know go go find uh, other employment opportunities and just start afresh because it's not working and it all kind of started to crumble and fall down after that twenty eight uh, to three, blowing Super Bowl lead. But you know, for uh, Atlanta Falcons fans' sake, if any are even want, listening to this, uh, we'll 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 sway from that conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean. I don't know if they'll clear house and get rid of everybody, but you know, it's uh it's rough there in Atlanta. Uh so next game is uh the Broncos versus the Chargers. The Broncos won 20 to 13. And as I want to talk about the Broncos winning, I want to talk about the Chargers. If it wasn't for the Browns going 3 and had all this the Chargers would be getting ripped apart for being as bad as they are. This team had a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl last year and they came into this year and they do not look good. They have 2 wins, one of them against the Dolphins. They and it's just, it's pretty much the same team as far as I can tell. They should still have the same solid defense and they have the same offense. It's just something is not clicking in San Diego. San Diego, my bad, LA. I don't know why it's just I'm just always going to say San Diego. It's just difficult to get my mind that they're not San Diego Chargers anymore. Um, But they, to me are the most disappointing team in the league. I thought they were going to be way better than what they are. And they are just not looking good at all. And the Broncos, they finally got a win. They're not in the winless category anymore, but it was only 20 to 13. They pretty much had all their offense in the first quarter And after that, they kind of just slowed down. But Chargers, most disappointing team in the league for me. Do you agree, though, with what I said? If it wasn't for the Browns, that people would be going after the Chargers for how disappointing they are?
0: You know, actually, I do agree. You look at it, you have Mike Williams. You have all these other weapons, Al Hunter, Henry, uh, Melvin Gordon's back. You have all these weapons, and yet Austin Eckler, the undrafted running back from the 2017 draft class, is third in the NFL in receptions for that team. You know, they, they, they got to do more. They have to, you know, start implementing Melvin Gordon in the running game, get them going. Phillip Rivers got to be Phillip Rivers. Their defense, they were a top-five defense last year, and now they, they they look non-existent at some times. But uh, I want to go and I want to talk about something else real quick in the same game. Uh, Devontae Bosbury, defensive back from Denver, a very scary situation. He had to get carted off the field after a neck injury. And the reports came out today that at during that point, he was paralyzed for 30 minutes. Was unable to move anything from, I believe, his neck down. Could not move. And uh, I, I want to say he started to regain some of the sensation and the feeling in his hands and his feet. And, uh, you know, football is a great game. We love to talk about it. But let's not forget these football players. They're not just money bags, and they're not just uh, entertainment. They're people, humans, brothers, sis- brothers, uh, husbands, uncles. You know, we care about these players' health. So uh, I wish him, obviously, a speedy recovery. I hope that uh, even if it's not – if it decides that it's an injury that keep him away from the game, I hope that he's able to live out the rest of his life healthy and, you know, be able to run around after his children if he has any or will have any and just live a happy, healthy life. And obviously we hope that football players to play football. I want him to come back and recover from this, but very scary situation. Uh, Prayers go out to him and his family and the Bronco organization, hoping that he's able to, uh, you know, recover from this in a a timely fashion.
1: Yeah, speedy. hopefully uh, he'll have a speedy recovery. I didn't even know about that injury, Um, but, yeah, hopefully he's okay. Um so next game uh, Cowboys versus Packers. Packers won 24 Cowboys are, you know, you know 0 and 2 in the last two games after going 3 and 0. But I was I was thinking this the whole time that the first 3 games they played were against not very good opponents. I think they finally got their test with the Saints and the Packers and the Saints and the Packers ended up beating them. Do I think that means the Cowboys are a bad team? No. I just think that the Saints and the Packers are better teams than the Cowboys. Aaron Jones, four touchdowns just ran all over them. Like the one play where he waved bye bye to the defender. Um, But that being said, that Packers defense was looking really, really good, but they allowed Prescott to throw for over 450 yards and Cooper caught 11 catches for 226 yards. So maybe the Cowboys exposed the Packers defense a little bit and showed teams how to maybe score against them. But, you know, they still only scored 24 points and they still allowed 34. So Packers got the W. Packers are looking great. They might be the best team in the NFC. um, But what do you think? Do you think the Cowboys are showing their true team that maybe they're not as good as people think they are or do you think that they just played two of the better teams in the nfc and you know that's just why they lost the last two games
0: i think that the cowboys are still contenders don't get me wrong not a huge fan of the cowboys and some of their fan base to be honest with you but they're definitely contenders they have a team that's a very good offensive line obviously one of the best running backs in the league Dak prescott i think Dak Prescott's a top 10 quarterback in the league Maybe not worth what he thinks he is, but that's besides the point. Not me from not for me to judge. But one thing I would do wanna talk about as far as the Packers defense goes, the four hundred and twenty six passing yards by Dak Prescott should kind of be overlooked. Cause the Packers jumped out early on Dallas and they need to start coming back and putting up points. So you're gonna throw the ball at that point. You're gonna start airing it out there and that's your only option. So, that's giving up the 426 passing yards, you know, that hurts. It stinks to give up that many. But getting that lead on them at first and making them have to do that is a good thing. And, again, they only gave up 24 points, and they won the game. That's all that matters. Aaron Jones, you know, had a great game. The Packers offensive line is solid. Always ha- Not always has been, but has been in recent memory. So, you know, we expected that a little bit. Rodgers is Rodgers' is Rogers, first ballot Hall of Fame. Uh, the Packers are scary. Packers are scary, especially their defense is coming out. Uh, they're getting a pass rush now. They went from one of the worst defenses in the league last year to one of the better this year. I think they'll continue to grow and mesh together, and uh, we could end up seeing them in a possible NFC Championship game.
1: Yeah, I guess we just got to see how the you know bracket plays out. Maybe they might play before the NFC Championship game, but you know that's for. And weeks from now you know we got we got plenty of time to see who goes where um but let's go on to the sunday night game uh big upset chiefs lost 19 to 13 to the colts um i thought the chiefs were gonna i wouldn't say stomp the colts because i think the colts are a pretty good team um even though they lost luck but thir- they held them to 13 points they held that at High powered offense to thirteen points. That's um not good. That's the worst performance or lowest score Mahomes has ever had since he's been a starter for the Chiefs. So um but I want to talk more about the Colts and give props to the Colts. They showed up on defense. They showed potentially how you can, you know, stop Mahomes. Get but but basically any team should be able to do or do this to any other team. If you get to the quarterback you you're most likely going to win the game. That's why people are saying that defensive ends are worth top 10 picks in the draft and all that stuff and that's why you see a lot of defensive ends get picked high in the draft. This is how you can win your games. If the quarterback can't throw the ball, you're going to win. And the Colts showed that. They kept pressuring Mahomes even though Mahomes had that one really nice play where he uh just you know ran all the way to the right through a dart in the end zone but that was the only play really that the Chiefs had outside of that it was they got pretty much stuffed the whole the whole night and um great win for the Colts um but you know I think I think every great team has to lose at least once and just really figure out why they lost and pick it up and you know don't be surprised if the Chiefs go out there next week and just mollywop wherever they play. But what do you think of the Colts? Do you think it? Do you think it was more? They are as good as what they showed on Sunday. I think the Chiefs just had sort of a a bad game.
0: Now this is exactly what uh, Colts owner Jim Ursai and uh, GM Chris Ballard expected when they started drafting the way they have been. They started building a defense. Um, Drafting linemen in the first and second rounds, building an offensive line. Now they have one of the best in the league. Uh, Darius Leonard is just a stud at linebacker. Easily one of the top players in the league. You got pass rush. Justin Houston was a great pickup from Kansas City this offseason when they decided to let him go. And uh, Jacoby Brissett is someone that we can't sleep on. He has luck left, and he retired suddenly. But Brissett stepped up and done exactly what the Colts hoped he would. He's not, he's not, he's not a game manager either. He's showing that when it's time to throw the ball and we need big plays, that I'm your guy. We don't need to, you know, we don't need to go ahead and run trick plays to get these big yards. That's exactly what I can do. Uh, Marlon Mack, the former USF Bull, is out there playing really, really well right now. I want to say he ran for over 125 yards. And they just they dominated they took the ball out of Mahomes' hands. They ran the ball, exactly what I said earlier. As far as uh, San Francisco, uh, they ran the ball, kept the ball out of Mahomes' hands, and when it was his opportunity to go on offense, they pressured him big. They didn't give him opportunities to let those big plays go. Granted, Kansas City was missing the fastest player in the league in Tyreek Hill and one of the most explosive receivers in Sammy Watkins, but still, that doesn't—they're not—they don't play O line. They're not giving them that. They're not going to sit there and block those defensive and defensive linemen from getting in there. But it's still a fact of the matter that at full strength, Kansas City is one of the is I, I think the most dangerous offense in the NFL. But the Colts would definitely not a team to be slept on.
1: Yeah, they looked pretty good, and uh, we'll see if they can keep it up. They've, uh, you know, and I think the Chiefs will bounce back perfectly fine, but. I just saw a picture that I want to bring up real quick before we talk about the Monday night game. Uh, the 2017 NFL draft running backs that are starting in the NFL Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, and Matt Barreda. That is a heck of a class for running backs. Those are, you could argue that two or three of those guys are top five running backs in the league with Kamara McCaffrey. And, you know, if Cook keeps playing this way, he could be a, top, he's going to be a top five running back in the league. But I just saw that picture real quick. And I just wanted to bring that up because when I saw that, I was like, Holy cow, that's a class right there for running backs. Um, but anyways, let's move on to the Monday night game. We talked about it a, a little bit in the news, um, but Forty is 49ers won 31 to three against the Cleveland Browns. Um, And the Browns look terrible. Three points for that offense. But this is something that I want to say. As much as you guys want to make fun of Baker and say he's not whatever, that offensive line is trash. Their left tackle, Robinson, is arguably as bad or worse than Eric Flowers was at left tackle. That guy couldn't block a piece of paper That guy is terrible, and the whole offensive line looks terrible. Baker Mayfield, almost every play, looked like he had to scramble and get out of the way for his life. The Browns will not do anything if they don't fix that offensive line. If they don't fix it, their season isn't going to go anywhere, and the 49ers showed that. You can't score three points and win a game unless you hold the other team to zero.
0: This is the Cleveland Brown team that needed to be formed around Joe Thomas. The great, I think, Hall of Fame left tackle that retired two or three seasons ago. There, There's no leadership on that team. You have Baker Mayfield, who's an emotional leader. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., an emotional leader. Uh, Jarvis Landry, an emotional leader. There's no, as much as I'm not calling them immature there's not that mature veteran leader in that locker room. You need someone like a Joe Thomas to where it's time to, you know, corral the troops and get them going and ignore the mistakes. You don't have. You don't have any of that. You have these all very emotional players in Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh Demarius Randall, Denzel Ward who's still injured, Greedy Williams who's still injured. Uh, Miles Garrett's still very young. So you have this very young yet talented team with a brand-new head coach with no actual leadership, I'd say, in my mind. Now, we talked earlier about exactly what the 49ers are doing, exactly what they're supposed to do. But Cleveland is doing the complete opposite. They need to find a leader. They need someone to step up and tell you, like, hey, all right, we got this. Let's go. Let's let's not forget who we are, where we came from. Let's go out there and play our brand of football and not lose ourselves. Let's not try to do too much. And that's exactly what Odell did on one of the punt returns. Try to do too much. Try to cut back, sit back, let everything happen in front of him. That Ended up getting the ball punched out. Turnover. It's Kind of where the game was, you know, closed. The Fentley started to sing. So the Browns, there's a lot that needs to happen for these Browns to be exactly what we expected them to be. You know, I could pull out the, uh, the Dennis Karina. We were who we thought they were. And that's that's not what the Browns are doing. They're 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 not. That's me. I said that.
1: Yeah, that was me who said we we are who we thought they were or whatever. I I messed that up. You messed it up too. So say change that up and say I'm gonna quote the famous Austin. There you go.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So the Browns are a great team to use in Madden. Don't get that'd be a team that you roll with high overall high speed players all that stuff, but they're not producing where it matters. In real life and there's a lot that needs to happen or I could see um the Cleveland Brown Brass you know starting to find somewhere to cut the head off and I could see that being Freddie Kitchens so we'll see what happens going into later in the season going down the road but someone's going to eventually going to need to be the casualty so
1: well if I were the Browns I would start with the left tackle get rid of that guy and maybe you guys have a better chance but that's here nor there. Uh, let's uh, That wraps up week five. It was an exciting week all around. Um, pretty good games. Um, Dolphins didn't lose, even though it was close. That bye week almost took them. But, you know, they, they, they snuck away. They didn't get a loss. Um, but next we're going to move on to game of the week picks and uh, upset picks. Um, I'll go ahead and start. I think my game of the week is going to be Washington versus the the miami dolphins watch out everybody that game's gonna be phenomenal they're gonna go back and forth they're gonna be like touchdown 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 all right i'm, I'm gonna stop that game's gonna be terrible they're gonna try and see who can score negative points if they could um, my game of the week is gonna be rams versus 49ers the 49ers are gonna try and prove that they're the real deal and the rams are gonna try and prove that they're not the three and two team—they're—they're they're better than that. That game is going to be a huge game. If the Forty ers win, they're five and zero. Oh, they're going to be legit. The Rams win.